Welcome to another installment of Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Roseborough. I am your servant in Jesus Christ. This is the channel that compares what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. Well, if you follow me on social media, you know that uh, I recently tweeted out and put out on Facebook and social media, you know, something to the effect of, oh no, it's hurricanes are being named and they're, you know, coming up the Atlantic coast and up the Gulf. How long before the weather warriors uh, start to get into the game? Well, they're back. And uh, in particular, we're going to take a look at Kat Kerr, and also we're going to note something about Jesse Duplantis in this regard as well. And here's the issue, is that these people are not, and I'm, I know this is going to sound strong, they are not Christians. They are absolute, abject deceivers, and they are blights and blemishes on the, the posterior, the rear end of the body of Christ. And it's time to treat them as they are, and to rebuke them and cast them out of the church and have nothing to do with them. They're buffoonery, and that's what it is. And I know I sound strong. Their buffoonery mocks Christ and gives people occasion to mock Jesus Christ and Christianity, but they do not represent Christianity at all. These are grifters. These are people who make merchandise of people. And uh, we're going to prove that they are beyond the pale. And uh, in fact, Kat Kerr, as a weather warrior, I, I think she is the... the, the the world's worst weather warrior out there. And we're going to take a look at a video that we grabbed off of her Facebook. I'm not going to show it on her Facebook page uh, because there were so many people in the comments section saying, amen, and I join my decrees with your decrees. And we're going to take a look biblically. And I'm going to establish this fact beyond a shadow of a doubt. Christians do not have authority over the weather. Only Christ does. That is his prerogative. That is the prerogative of God. When it comes to natural disasters, when we know that one is heading our way, we are called by God to humbly pray and make our petitions known and ask that God protect us. But I am getting to the point where I'm convinced that these weather warriors are so irritating and agitating God that when they decree and declare over a storm, God ends up making things worse. And so, you know, I, I'm of the opinion that what we need to get these people to do is to be quiet. In fact, that's what scripture tells us to do, and I'll show you that as well. In fact, let's let's do this. Let's uh, Let's whirl up the desktop. And we're going to go right to Accordance. And uh, I'm going to duplicate this tab. And I want, to, I want you to see what the will of God is when it comes to people like Kat Kerr and Jesse Duplantis and all these other yahoos who are uh, telling us that we can command and decree and declare over the weather. This includes the Copelands as well. Uh, here's what scripture says. There are many deceivers. There are insubordinate. They are empty talkers, especially those of the circumcision party. Note that the circumcision party aren't the only deceivers out there, uh, but there are many deceivers, okay? And God's word says they must be silenced since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. Mm -hmm. uh, so one of the Cretans, a prophet of their own, uh, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply so that they may be sound in the faith, not devoting themselves to Jewish myths 
and the commands of people who turn away from the truth. Jesus is clear on this. Scripture is clear. No lie is of the truth. No lie is of the truth. And let me explain to you where we are right now and what Christ has called his church. So you're going to note, it's the will of God that false teachers like this, that they be silenced, not amend, not supported, not have you send their money or anything. They're, God wills for them to be silenced by us Christians. Okay, now note the note that in Second Thessalonians chapter two, you have that ominous prophecy regarding the well, the, the rise of the lawless one, the 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 Antichrist, and watch what precedes the the arrival of the man of lawlessness. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders, with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. As a result of this, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Note, we're going to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt. If you think that Kat Kerr and Ken Copeland and Jesse Duplantis and all these weather warriors are out there saying that they have command and control and authority over the weather, if you believe what they're telling you is true, you are under a judgment of God. I'm going to be just that blunt. You are under a strong delusion. And this is demonstrable year after year after year after year. Wake up. Wake up. Scripture says this, but we always ought to give thanks to God for you, to Paul talking to the saints in Thessalonica, brothers beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the firstfruits to be saved through sanctification by the spirit and belief in the truth. Christians are called to believe the truth of Scripture, not the false teachings and the ravings of madmen and mad women. People who are demonstrably false, whose teaching contradicts scripture, and whose decrees and declares never end up doing anything except for, I would note, irritating God. That's, that's my interpretation of what's been happening lately. So to this then he called you, you know, note, sanctification by the spirit and belief in the truth that through the gospel so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what does Paul say to the Christians in Thessalonica? So then brothers, stand firm. And hold to the traditions that you were taught either by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. Traditions here is referring to the written word of God, the New Testament that they had, they had been receiving and was being written at the time. And so I'm going to demonstrate that not only these weather warriors, absolutely delusional. And if you are listening to them and you believe in them and you believe what they're telling you is true, you are under a judgment of God and God has sent a strong delusion on you. And if you're watching this video and you are a follower of Jesse Duplantis and Ken Copeland and Kat Kerr and all these yahoos, then note this. I am saying this as bluntly as I am, not because I hate you or them, but because I love you enough to tell you the truth. You are in darkness. You are believing lies. You are under a strong delusion. And what they're teaching you is contrary to scripture. And I'll prove it. So, yeah, you'll know it. I'm a little irritated, agitated, but that's, that's just how strong I feel about this because watching the videos for the last couple of days of the destruction that has taken place in Louisiana as a result of Hurricane Ida, these, 
Cat Kerr owes everybody a public apology. So does Jesse Duplantis. So does Ken Copeland. All these people who've taught that we have authority over the weather when we don't. So with that, let's let's start with Cat Kerr, shall we? And uh, this is a woman who has pink hair because she claims that God told her to have pink hair. And she she makes such regular trips to heaven. I, I think she has a flat there, you know. But uh, let's listen to what she was saying as Ida was gaining strength. Hi, this is Kat Kerr, and right now it is August 27th, and Eastern Standard Time, it's about 11.40. I know, you know, depending on where you are right now, you're either already in bed, maybe you're waking up on the other side of the world, but we together are going to take authority over these storms, one in the Gulf, one in the Pacific, we're not tolerating any destruction, any death, any severe flooding. She's not tolerating any destruction or death. Now, I waited a couple of days after Ida struck. Just go to YouTube. If you want to see the destruction, watch the news accounts. There's so much destruction, it's not even funny. There was pra In certain parts of Louisiana, there wasn't a single house that didn't have major damage and major flooding. In fact, I have a good pastor friend of mine down in Louisiana. They don't have power or water. And he, his cell service is so spotty that uh, he, he's having difficulty getting texts out to let people know that they're still alive. We continue. No tornadoes, no damage of any kind whatsoever. And you know why? No damage of any kind whatsoever. How'd that work out? All of you... 5,000 weather warriors, yay, thanks. 5,000 weather warriors? You mean 5,000 deluded people who think that they have power over the weather because of this woman, who's clearly delusional. For being here with us tonight. Uh, we have been doing this now since 2015, I think. 2017 was one of the greatest times we had. Justin Peters did a good um, video on this just a few days ago and noted that she has a perfect track record of not being able to avoid any storm at all to decree. In fact, many storms that she's commanded and controlled and decreed and declared over, they've gotten worse. So did Ida. Yeah, we created that whole wall, that wall of faith on the East Coast. By the way, you people on the Gulf Coast, you need to get busy, begin to build that wall of faith, telling the storms that they're not coming ashore, the ocean can't. Tell the storms, they can't hear you. In case you haven't figured it out, hurricanes have eyes, they don't have ears. Go beyond the bounds God set forth. That's what the Father said. No, he didn't. So we listen to him, Jesus Christ, and Holy Spirit. So Jesus never said the church has authority over storms, and I'll prove it. So tonight we're about to take authority over Ida, which is just crossing over Cuba, uh, about to go up into the Gulf. They have called it a Category 1 hurricane. We're out to bash it, trash it and take that category down. Yeah, well, it hit. It made landfall twice because it skipped along the shore of Louisiana twice. And both times it made landfall, it did so as a category four, 150 mile an hour sustained winds. And then there will be Nora right there along the Pacific coast which they're forecasting will go ashore somewhere around Baja, Mexico. We're going to bash that too, although it's only a um, tropical storm. 
And if you don't know anything about those storms, okay, it starts as a low pressure system, then it grows to a tropical depression into a tropical storm. And then when the winds hit about 75, I think they call it a category one hurricane, then it keeps growing and for years has gotten away with it because of the price. Oh, right. You see, yeah, the reason why there's so many you know, hurricanes that climb to category four is because those storms have gotten away with it because the body of Christ hasn't taken their authority over them. Utter delusion. This is a strong delusion sent by God in judgment of this woman and all of her followers. That's what Second Thessalonians says. And she is one of the precursors. Uh, you know, if you would, think of her like one of the John the Baptist paving the way for the man of lawlessness. That's what she's about. Didn't really know how to take authority overall. That I'm not saying nobody did, but very few did. But now in this day, when we rule with Jesus Christ, we have really learned to put our crown on and take authority over the... <laughs> Did you get your crown at Burger King? Systems. So tonight, are you ready, all you other warriors? So the first thing we're going to speak against will be Ida, which they have just called a Category 1. So we speak to the storm. We say to you, Ida, you will become nothing in Jesus' name. Well, that didn't work out. We have authority over you. Clearly you don't, because Ida didn't listen to you. Because Christ took authority over the storms and stop them. We have the right to do that too. It's it says what text? What text says we have that authority? I'm going to prove to you we don't. Called one of the works he did, we will do also. So I, we say you will become nothing in Jesus' name. We command the millibars and the pressure in you to rise, rise, rise. She's got a drum there. I command the millibars to rise, right? They didn't. They actually got lower. After you put this video together, it, Ida went to category four. Why did we say that? Because when the high pressure comes, it crushes the strength of the storm. You really do not understand how weather works, do you? It thrives on low pressure and warm water, but when you command the pressure to rise, it begins to diminish the category of the storm. Yeah, how many, how, how many category four Storms have you sent back out to sea and destroyed via your millibar raising? Zero. She has a perfect track record. Zero. The strength of the storm and even the movement of the storm. If she was a, if she was like a baseball player, you know, like every time she got up to the plate, she would strike out. Her batting average is zero point zero 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 zero. So, you know, it, when you have a baseball player who's incapable of actually hitting a ball and actually getting on base and they have a zero batting average, they usually trade them to a different team. I think we should trade her to Islam, send her to Kabul. And then we take power over all the power of the enemy. And we have already learned this. It's too late to tell us it doesn't happen. We don't care. Uh, we happen to know the devil gets in every form of uh, destruction there is. He is the one who helps to make that happen. And we don't tolerate it anymore. So we take power over all the power of the enemy. Yeah, how'd that work out for you? I have people that I know and love and care for who are without power without water, and their whole neighborhoods are in devastation. How'd that work out for them? That would be the devil. 
trying to use Ida in any way whatsoever to bring death, destruction, or harm. And we say no, that is not. By the way, this is an act of God. Uh, there's, a, there's a text in Amos, Amos chapter 3, verse 6. Is the trumpet blown in a city and a person and the people are not afraid? Does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has done it? Yeah, God is the one who sends these things. going to happen. We command the army of heaven to put on every stronghold of Satan trying to get involved in that storm. This woman needs to be put in an institution, the kind with the padded walls and, and the straitjacket. She shouldn't be allowed to teach anybody anywhere anything about God or Christ or whatever. She's Looney Tunes. Shred every platform that is ruling over that storm, uh, empowering it to bring destruction, even the direction of where the storm is going. And we say, you will not do that in Jesus' name. We command the host of heaven to shred the bands of the storm. Yeah, how'd that work out? Apparently the host of heaven didn't obey a single one of you at the commands of you, their chief general of the weather warrior division. If you know anything about these tropical storms, they have a spiral motion and that is caused by the band. Justin Peters noted that on Kat Kerr's website, she sells a weather warrior kit for 25 bucks. Unbelievable. The storm that power it to push it and the lower the pressure, the higher that storm gets and becomes very... Notice every single person who did what this woman told them to do, you know what they didn't do? Pray. Get on their knees and ask God for his mercy and grace and protection. They didn't pray. Scripture teaches us to pray. Threatening. So we're commanding the host will shred every band of that storm and keep shredding it until it becomes dissipated. We command the storm to be downgraded in Jesus' name because we have a... Yeah, that didn't work, did it? Over. We are over the weather. No, you're not. Not under the weather. And we tell Ida, you will not become anything. You may... Well, you told her and she became a Category 4. Made landfall twice. Bring refreshing rain, but no severe flooding. Yeah, well, that didn't work, did it? No storm damage, no tornadoes, no deaths or dying. Connected, you will not keep going and bring death and destruction. And yet, Ida did. You can only go. How do you explain this? You failed regarding Dorian. You failed regarding Ida. You failed regarding that storm that hit Louisiana last August. Hmm. I know why you're failing, because scripture doesn't teach this. Now, let me remind you, this was uh, what Jesse Duplantis, uh, Justin Peters put, this is part of the video that he put up, uh, Word Faith Weather Warriors, here's your chance. Yeah, they, they failed miserably. And in there, uh, Justin did a good job of digging up uh, a video that Jesse Duplantis put out when Hurricane Dorian was coming at, you know, coming at the U.S. And what's interesting here is, is that, well, where does Jesse Duplantis live? Louisiana, near New Orleans. Okay, so in other words, Ida had something to do with, uh, with Jesse Duplantis. Was he able to stop it? Listen to his theology on this. I've said this many times, I feel the letter of the Lord to say it again. You never pray against a hurricane. Let me help everybody. Or, or a tornado. Never pray against it. Because if you did, all you do is move it to someone else. Move it to some other place. You take authority over it. And so what we do when those things are coming at us, I'm talking about me here in the New Orleans area, I take authority. I say, Lord, it has a name. Everything name bows at the name of Jesus. 
Everything named bows at the name of Jesus. So note this. At the uh, uh, 13 minutes, 37 second mark, Jesse Duplantis says, Everything named bows at the name of Jesus. Okay, we'll, 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 we'll come back to that. So I bind this and poke its eye out. Because if you destroy that eye of that hurricane, you destroy the hurricane. Yeah, how'd that work out for you this time around? I mean, were you able to poke out the eye of Ida? You know, because, I mean, you live in Louisiana near New Orleans. Were you able to poke, poke the eye out of Ida? Nope. <laughs> Ida made landfall twice. So... Yeah, you, you get the idea. Justin Peters, uh, like I said, good friend. I'm glad he put this video together. But we'll come back to uh, what Jesse said. Let, let me remind say, you Lord, again. It has a name. Everything name bows at the name of Jesus. Everything name bows at the name of Jesus. Now, do Christians have authority over the weather? No. So let's open up our Bibles. We're going to do a little bit of biblical study along this line. And we're going to begin with Matthew 8. And we're going to note Jesus is God in human flesh. And the fact that he had authority over the weather was one of the big key indicators to his disciples that Jesus is their creator, that he's their God. So it says in Matthew 8, when Jesus got into the boat, his disciples followed him. Behold, there arose a great storm on the sea. This is the Sea of Galilee. So that the boat was being swamped by the waves, but he was asleep. And when they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. He said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he arose, and he rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? Big indicator as to who Jesus is. Because Jesus has authority over the weather. And here's the thing. You're going to look high and you're going to look low. You can comb the New Testament. You can parse every verb if you want. But you will never see a text that says that he's given that authority. That's the prerogative of God. That he's given that authority to us. Nope. He hasn't. That's still his prerogative. And I'll prove it to you. In uh, the book of Acts, in the book of Acts chapter 27, we're going to read a long section here. This is the account of the apostle Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, a bonafide apostle of Jesus Christ, a man who had the ability to operate in the signs of the apostles, healing the sick, raising the dead. He's done that. And you'll note that um, he is going to find himself in a ship on the Mediterranean heading to Rome. Why? Because he's got to testify before Caesar. And on the way, they got a late start. It was late in the season. Uh, they shouldn't be traveling in the winter on the Mediterranean Sea. Very dangerous proposition back in the day. Um, well, he gets caught in a storm. How long is, are they caught in the storm? Two weeks. And watch what Paul does. And watch what he doesn't do, because that says a lot. If Christians had authority over the weather, then the Apostle Paul could have stepped up and performed one of the most amazing signs ever. Calming the storm. But he doesn't. And the reason why he doesn't is because he knows full well Christians do not have authority over the weather. Only God does. Here's what it says. So when it was decided that we should sail for Italy, 
They, this is the Roman centurions, delivered Paul and some other prisoners to a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius. And embarking in a ship of Adramatium, which, uh, which was about to sail to the ports along the coast of Asia, we put to sea, accompanied by Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica. The next day we put in at Sidon, and Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him leave to go to his friends and to be cared for. And putting out to sea from there, we sailed under the Lea Cyprus because the winds were against us. And when we had sailed across the open sea along the coast of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra and Lycia. And there the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing for Italy and put us on board. We sailed slowly for a number of days, arriving with difficulty off of Snidus, and as the wind did not allow us to go farther, we sailed under the lee of Crete off Salmon. Now note here, the we. Why we? Because Luke, the author of Luke and Acts, is on the ship. This is one of the we sections of the book of Acts. The apo- not, yeah, he, Luke is not an apostle, he's an author of scripture. But the author of Luke and Acts, he's along for the voyage. He's an eyewitness of all that took place here, okay? He's not getting the second hand, he lived it. So we sailed slowly for a number of days. So coasting along it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Havens, near which was the city of Lasia. Since much time had passed and the voyage was now dangerous because even the fast was already over, Paul advised them saying, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only for the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. But the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. And because the harbor was not suitable to spend the winter in, the majority decided to put out to sea from there on the chance that somehow they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, facing both southwest and northwest, and they spent the, and spend the winter there. Now, when the south wind blew gently, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, they weighed anchor and sailed along Crete close to the shore. But soon a tempestuous wind, watch this, called the Northeaster. It's a named storm. It has a name. It's called the Northeaster. Let's go back to Jesse Duplantis, shall we? Listen to what he says. I take authority. I say, Lord, it has a name. Everything name bows at the name of Jesus. So I bind this and poke its eye out. Because if mm-hmm. Everything named bows at the name of Jesus. Well, look at this. We have a storm that has a name. Paul's in a ship in that storm. The name of the storm, it's called the what? The Northeaster. Mm-hmm. It struck down from the land, and when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it, and we were driven along. Running under the lee of a small island called Cauda, we managed with difficulty to secure the ship's boat. After hoisting it up, they used supports to undergird the ship, then fearing that they would run aground. On Sirtis, they lowered the gear, and thus they were driven along. Since they were violently storm-tossed, they began the next day to jettison the cargo, and on the third day they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest lay on us, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. Note here that Luke doesn't say to Paul, 
What are you doing down here? Get up on the prow of the boat. Do that Titanic thing. I'm the king of the world! And, and command and control this northeaster to, to go away, you know, because we have authority over... No, we don't. So you're going to know. The idea of having authority over this named storm, the northeaster, isn't even a thought in the mind of Luke or the Apostle Paul. Why? Because Christ hasn't given this authority to the church. If you are in danger and there's a storm heading your way, we are to get on our knees and we are to say, God, have mercy on us and call out to God to save us. Petition him, ask. Don't speak to the storm. The storm can't hear you. God can hear you. And he wills for you to ask. You have not because you ask not scripture says so when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days no small tempest lay on us all hope of being saved was at last abandoned since they had been without food for a long time paul stood up among them and said men you should have listened to me by the way no one likes it when somebody says i told you so i'm just saying it's just, you know it's a little unbecoming here uh, paul stood up and said men you should have listened to me and have not sailed and set sail from crete and incurred this injury and loss yet now i urge you to take heart for there will be no loss of life among you but only of the ship for this very night there stood before me an angel of the god to whom i belong and whom I worship. And he said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted, watch the words, granted, God has granted you all those who sail with you. What was Paul doing? Praying. And God heard his prayer. And God granted granted to Paul all those who were sailing with him. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. We must run aground on some island. And when the 14th night, this goes on for two weeks now, two weeks, uh, when the 14th night had come, we were being driven across the Adriatic Sea. About midnight, the sailors suspected that they were nearing land, so they took a sounding and found 20 fathoms. A little farther on, they took a sounding again, found 14 fathoms. And fearing that we might run on the rocks, they let down four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship and had lowered the ship's boat into the sea under the pretense of laying out anchors uh, from the bow, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes and the ship's boat and let it go. As day was about to dawn, Paul urged them to take some food, saying, Today is the fourteenth day that you have continued in suspense and without food, having taken nothing. Therefore, I urge you, take some food, for it will give you strength, for not a hair is to perish from the head of any of you. Not because he decreed and declared it, because he, God granted it, right? And when he had said these things, he took bread, giving thanks to God, in the presence of all, he broke it and he began to eat. And then all were encouraged and ate some food. We were in all 276 persons in the ship. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship, throwing out the wheat into the sea. Now when it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they noticed a bay with a beach on which they planned, if possible, 
to run the ship ashore. So they cast off the anchors and left them in the sea, at the same time loosening the ropes that tied the rudders, then hoisted the foresail to the wind, and they made for the beach. But striking a reef, they ran the vessel aground, the bow struck, stuck, and remained immovable, and the stern was being broken up by the surf. The soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any should swim away and escape, but the centurion wishing to save Paul kept them from killing carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and make for the land and the rest on planks or on pieces of the ship. And so it was that all were brought safely to land. So here, here's the idea. The Bible, the New Testament knows nothing, absolutely nothing of Christians having authority over storms. Christ, yes. You, me, no. And the apostles, I mean, if anybody had authority over a storm, a name storm, the Northeaster, it would have been the apostle Paul. And yet he humbly prayed. And God granted his prayer for the lives of the people with him on that ship. So we need to abandon, and I mean this, people like Jesse Duplantis, Ken Copeland, Kat Kerr, we need to rebuke them sharply, stop listening to them. God wills for them to be silenced by you, by me. And we need to reject them and cast them out of the church and call them to repentance so that their souls can be saved because these people are deceivers and they are making merchandise of you, and in their buffoonery and their delusions, they are making a mockery of Christianity and of Christ. So hopefully you found this helpful. If so, all the information on how you can share the video is down below in the description. And until next time, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ in his vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen. Amen.